welcome to the D1 Softball Podcast. I'm your host, Tara Henry. As always, we are excited to bring you the best of the best in college softball. After the show, head on over to d1softball.com for all the latest stories, coaching scoop, international softball news, fall schedules, and more. If you subscribe today, you can use Podcast 20, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T 20, for 20% off an annual subscription. We are excited for today's new episode that features Craig Snyder from Texas Tech. The D1 Softball Podcast is sponsored by Bat Club USA. Bat Club USA is a subscription service for premium baseball and softball equipment. In 2016, co-founders Eric and Oscar realized there's a huge performance gap between top-tier bats and the ones most people can actually afford. So they started Bat Club. Since then, parents have been able to give their kids the best bats in the game at an affordable monthly payment. Learn how you can give your little slugger access to the best bat for their swing, starting at $20 per month by visiting batclubusa.com. I'm now joined by my co-host, Rhiannon Potkey. Rhi, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. How are you doing this week? I'm good. I'm excited for all these fall reports that we've got rolling out. We had some news this week. Just uh, we're rolling through fall and we've got a little weather change here in California. So we've got a lot of people that aren't quite used to a little rain, uh, lightning and thunder. Yeah, we're getting some of that here, but we're used to it here in the, in, uh, the south. It's kind of a, a regular thing, but it's actually been a really hot day today, but the storms are coming. So uh, it should be a fun night. We'll see. We'll see if any lightning strikes anything nearby my house, which I'm cross fingers, nothing happens or no branches hit the, hit the roof. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's, let's hope not. Um, in terms of the news for softball this week, uh, big news, the U.S. Women's National Team announced the Pan American Championship roster. And the roster is roster of 15 players, uh, including Odyssey Alexander, Sis Bates, Jada Cody, Mia Davidson, Melissa Denham, Megan Faramo, Rachel Garcia, Savannah Jaquish, Janae Jefferson, Aubrey Leach, Amanda Lorenz, Mariah Mazon, Michelle Moultrie, Deja Mulipola, and Morgan Zirkel. Ree, first thoughts on that list? I like it. I like the variety. We're getting some new faces, some new, you know, new participants like Davidson and Alyssa Denham and Aubrey Leach and even Mariah, who haven't really represented USA yet. Um, kind of mixing and matching of, of rosters, it looks like, for, throughout. Heather Tarr kind of getting some experiments and, and getting as many players through as possible to maybe see what they can provide. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about this. Rod. Just, you know, it's just fun to see people kind of get their, their chance and get their opportunity to, to represent Team USA. You know, and I actually like this style. We've seen various players on, you know, the roster, uh, whether it was in Canada Cup or the World Games or for that Japan All-Star Series. I, I like what Heather Tarr is doing. She's giving people an opportunity uh, to step in and, and step up and really analyze and, and have a better idea of how these players are are able to play in high pressure situations you know I think in the past we kind of stuck to one team and, and rode that team throughout but I actually like this um methodology and I'm excited to see if that pays off should uh Sop will be back in the Olympics in 2028 uh, so that's the Pan American Championship roster the Pan American Games note will be played next 
year in 2023. So this is just the championship in Guatemala City, Guatemala. Uh, November 12th through the 19th in case people want to follow. So November 12th through 19th, uh, the Pan American Championship roster. Uh, next set of news, we had some uh, news out of Williamsport, believe it or not. Uh, we're going to have a softball game. History will be made this Saturday. Uh, Maryland softball will play Penn State softball and a fall game at Little League in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Ree, what are your thoughts? That's cool. I love it. I mean, you see the MLB players play there when you get the Little League World Series. Um, there's definitely a, a cool aspect of that to, to kind of bring softball to that field. You know, those that field of dreams and Little League World Series field, those all are pretty nostalgic and pretty cool. So I think it's great to kind of help spread and bring it to maybe people that don't always get to see softball all the time. But also, Colorado State has some big news. Read what that. Yeah, Colorado State got a $5 million donation from the Bohemian Foundation um, to be used for women's athletics. Uh, they've already had this eight to 10 million campaign to kind of revamp softball and soccer facilities at Colorado State with new grandstands and playing surfaces and lights. And obviously this helps tremendously to kind of achieve that. Um, they expect all those upgrades for softball to be ready for the 2023 season. So upcoming. So if anyone's playing there, long overdue, we know that that program and that university has had some Title IX issues in the past in terms of, uh, you know, protests and everything. So it's really good to see that they're kind of now, you know, investing more in women's sports and really putting their uh, their money where their mouth is, per se, and, and uh, finally kind of revamping some stuff that should have been probably done years ago. Um, but great to see it. more uh, more investing in women's sports being done across the landscape of college softball and other sports, too. So that's Colorado State receiving uh, some funds. Uh and hopefully be ready quite soon. Uh, excited to see that come to fruition. And if you haven't already, head on over to the site. We've got fall reports. We're rolling them out. Uh, this week started with Notre Dame at Boston University in Clemson. Uh, Re taking care of Notre Dame and Clemson for us. Uh, biggest takeaways from those two programs. Yeah, well, Notre Dame, you know, they, they really haven't had much staff change over and they had a, they lost an assistant for like the first time in 17 years, which was kind of the big, the big news there, you know, obviously uh, trying to, you know, they have some patented coming back in the circle. They're excited about some big, big time transfers coming in that are going to help them. Um, and uh, just a, a really, really interesting year. I think Deanna is always really fun to talk to. Um, They've already finished with their fall because obviously it gets colder there early. So they've kind of already gone through their fall ball games. Um, and in terms of Clemson, uh, you know, it's funny, really, really small freshman class because they had so many players stick around and um, had a few big time transfers. Again, that's kind of going to be a theme with, I think, all these fall ball reports and a lot of different programs. Uh, but he's really excited about the, the power they brought in and some of the big names they brought in. And of course, they have Valerie Cagle back and Mackenzie Clark and just a whole bunch of good players coming back program that we know rapidly ascended um, and is still building in the building stage. But um, obviously I advise everyone to kind of check out everything. I don't want to give away too much because we want you to read it all. But uh, those are two that are really fun. Again, I enjoyed doing these. I love touches. It, they're, you know, the, the, the thing that I always learned is that, you know, obviously nothing's set in stone. So you just kind of put all this stuff out there, but um, they're never, they're never sure that what's going to happen in fall is going to translate to spring and, uh, so that's kind of the fun part, I guess, too. They kind of get to see things that they never, um, you know, they experiment a little bit. Yeah, keep an eye on Clemson. Like you said, Maria, I think 
you and the, at such a young um it's just such a young program they've accomplished so much and wouldn't be surprised uh, if we see them in OKC way too early uh, prediction, but I would not be surprised if we saw them in OKC next year. That is definitely what they're gunning for. They, they've set the bar high and they were kind of mad. They didn't make it last year. So. So those are, that's Notre Dame and Clemson. And then we've also got Boston university on the site. Graham Hayes did another incredible job on uh, the Terriers. They ranked 15th nationally a season ago uh, in the circle and just love his analysis and, and, what they've kind of done, even after losing uh, Ali Dubois to Florida State, uh, that pitching staff uh, performed at a very high level last season. And he goes into uh, what the outlook is heading into to 2023. So again, head on over to the website, d1sobble.com, uh, and we keep rolling out all these fall reports. I think that's it for the news of the week, Ree. Anything else? That's all I got. I'm just excited about this interview we did uh, with Craig. Uh, just fun stuff, really great energy. Um, really think it's going to be a big thing with Texas Tech to have him at the at the helm and really interested to see what he does with that program. Yeah, as soon as he came on, just his energy, like you said, immediately, you're like, well, he, he's in it. And I think that's exactly what Texas Tech uh, needed. And excited for you all to listen to this interview with Texas Tech's head coach, Craig Snyder. Our guest today on the D1 Softball Podcast is Texas Tech head coach Craig Snyder. Snyder is entering his first season as the head coach for the Red Raiders. He was an assistant coach at Florida State when the Knowles won the title in 2018 and has worked on staffs at Oklahoma and Texas A&M. During his time with the Aggies, he helped Haley Lee develop into an All-American that we all know uh, one of the best hitters in the nation and now he's jumping into his first head coaching job so thank you for joining us Craig. Yeah thank you guys for having me on I'm excited talk some softball. That's right falls where fall balls here you guys have been going strong I mean, know you're uh, just got done with practice so be remiss if we didn't start there being that you're a first year head coach how has the fall season been for you how what have you been really trying to emphasize during this portion of time with the team? Yeah, well, I mean, we're, right now, like, we're we're only in the week two of, like, team practice. We've been in individual mode for, like, a month. Um, you know, and I think it's been really important to, one, we get to just learn our, our, our team and, and our, um, you know, our kids and kind of what they're about and, and just kind of getting to know them, but also as a staff, too. I mean, we've got a whole new staff with, you know, um, you know Roy St. Clair, who, who we brought in, and then and Paige Cassidy-Bird. Um, and then Morgan Clayman, who was on that national championship team in 18, is our volunteer. And then uh, Pete Suarez, who was with us at Florida State and made some stops in the Big 12 as well. And so I think learning how we all operate together is, has been really important and also fun. Gosh, it's, it's funny. They, 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 every day at the office is, is a good laugh. I mean, we've got some great, great personalities around us, and, it, and it's been a lot of fun. But, you know, there's also people that are very passionate about what they do. Um, and do a phenomenal job at what they do. So you, you kind of combine that, and it's a pretty great work environment. And that that trickles down to our players. They can feel that. They can feel the energy. They can feel the love. Um, and they can feel that, you know, we're present and that we want them to be the best versions of themselves. And so um, so we're still learning them, you know, and, and how they operate. And, you know, because it's, it's easy when it's an individual mode, right? Then we'll start getting the team mode, and it gets a little tougher, and then you didn't have adversity. Then you start playing some games, and – you, know, you try to put them in situations that are going to be challenging for them. And then you see how we, 
how we manage those those challenges. And so um, we started that and had our first fall games uh, last weekend and now getting ready again to go on Sunday, I believe, and just got, you know, working our way. So it's kind of been great to set up the fall that way where we play, we practice for a week, we play, we practice for a week and just continue working on and chipping away at things. What made this job the first one, you know, that you wanted to really take as a head coaching job? Because I'm sure you've had overtures before, but what stuck out to you about Texas Tech? You know, it was um, when they called, I, I knew the, the senior women's administrator um, and, uh, you know, my sport oversight, Brandy Stewart from Florida State, actually. And, um, you know, we kind of gone back, uh, gone back to the Florida State days. And even it was really cool in 2018. Um, she was our sport admin for the, the World Series when she was well, she was there as our host uh, there. So she greeted us off the bus and whatnot. And we just we always had a great relationship. And, you know, when this when this job became available, they called and I said, I'd like to, you know, feel it out, you know, and, and knowing that there had been some challenges before. But, you know, I wanted I wanted to see what it was about. And when I flew into Lubbock straight away, straight away, there was a, it's a different vibe. Lubbock is a completely different vibe than any college that I've been in. And it's a, it's a really cool vibe. Um, and then meeting all the administrators, meeting all the people. And I mean, people love Texas tech. And, you know, if you live in this area, you're a red Raider. There's no question about it. And so you, you, you found out straight away that you're going to have the support you need. Um, and you're going to have the support, you know, from not only the administration, but the fan base as well. And I think that was important for me moving forward. Like if I was going to be a first time head coach, it, it needed to be with people I trust. And it needed to be with people that I knew they were going to have my back. Because guess what? Like, there's going to be things I miss on. There's going to be things that, you know, I miss a meeting or I have to do this and have to be pulled in different directions. And guess what? And so knowing that I've got people in my corner that want to see us be successful was really important to me. And I definitely felt that at Texas Tech. How, how has the reception been? You were talking about the players and getting to know them. But how has that reception been among the players um, since you've arrived? And kind of how have you tried to really – ingratiate yourself with them and get them to trust you yeah no they've been they've been absolutely phenomenal I mean after the day it was announced I got on zoom call straight away uh, I had a, I had an individual zoom with every every player on the team I got to know them want to know their story their background how they got to Texas Tech why Texas Tech you know just the questions kind of get to know everybody um and so and and I think we were very lucky in in, in regards like we, we came in and it seemed like we had buy-in straight away. The, the, the players were really excited. Um, they were excited for the new energy. They were excited for, you know, things that we wanted to implement. And so they've been, they've been absolutely phenomenal. And we, you know, we continue to develop those relationships with them. And at the end of the day, that's what this is about, right? We want to make sure that we develop a relationship with these kids that are players that we can, you know, have those tough conversations when those need to happen or be able to praise them when that needs to happen. And so, but they have been absolutely phenomenal in, in this process of, you know, taking over a program, but also being a first-time head coach. How did you go about building your staff too? You mentioned your assistants. What was your, you know, did is that something you thought about over the years as you were thinking, if I ever be a head coach, this is kind of how I want to differentiate it? Or how did you approach that part of it? Yeah, so well, I knew straight away, like, what was going to be very important to me is finding a pitching coach. Um, uh, you know, from the offensive side, obviously, I felt like that I was, I felt confident that I could help find people that were going to help me in that regard. But finding pitching, that was, that's everything, right? Um, and, I, and I'd watched, you know, Cassidy for a long time, um, watch her develop pitchers at Liberty. And pitchers that honestly, that I wouldn't say that, you know, were on people's radars when they were recruited. And then they go out and they're winning regionals and they're taking down SEC teams and they're, 
you know, punching out all these, all these players and like, what's going on over there. And so, um, and I didn't know, I didn't know if, if, if we could sneak her out of Liberty and there's the associate head coach and the people had come after her before, but um, you know, I called and I, and I talked to her about like, listen, this is what I want to create. This is the environment I want to create. Um, and I'd love for you to be a part of it, you know, because I, I said, here's the thing, like I've, I've been very blessed to be a part of a lot of great programs, right? And I've been very blessed to be a part of a lot of great programs with great head coaches that all operate differently, right? I mean, from, you know, the, I, I use my time at, you know, when I was the GA at Oklahoma, you know, how Coach Gasso runs her program is completely different than how Alani Alameda runs her program at Florida State, right? And then you have Coach Evans, who's right in the middle of that. Well, all three coaches have coached in a national championship game two of them won a national championship so it's important that you you identify with who you are I think as a head coach you know and not trying to be somebody you're not well for me like listen I'm going to be more on the spectrum of the Lonnie Alameda's we're going to have kids running around we're going to have dogs running around the office I mean that's just you know I think there's a big difference between talking about family but living family and we're going to live it because guess what like living family is like that's it's, it's it's Sunday dinner at grandma's and kids running around and dogs and chaos. That's, that's what life is. And that's what family is. And we're going to live that. And, you know, I feel comfortable in that environment. And so, um, so yeah, so I told her that and, and, I, and she was excited about that. She's got two little ones. And I said, listen, I, I expect them to be in the office running around. Um, I expect them to be pulling things off the wall. I mean, that's just part of it. And I, 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 I laugh uh, one of our, probably a couple of weeks ago, both kids were sick and home from daycare and, um her, her son was in, in in the office we were having a, a staff meeting and he's in coloring and doing his thing and her daughter who's not feeling well sitting on her lap and we're like you know mid staff meeting and she just you know throws up everywhere and and I'm like that's it this is part of it this is what part of living family is and so we're like we got you we cleaned it up and, and things and you know <laughs> but I, I think it's that's that's what life is and so and, and for us to treat it any differently I think is wrong I, I, that's what I want and so I talked to her about that stuff and she was excited and you know, it worked out for us. And then, um, you know, to go after somebody who's going to help me with hitting, you know, I started to learn real quickly that there is, you know, there's, there's people out there that are really good in their craft, but then it's also like, who's going to fit the profile that's going to be a part, be a part of our culture, right? So you, you can go get people that are smart. You can go get people that know their craft really well, but who's going to fit our culture and, and still be good in their craft? And, you know, I found Roy St. Clair and I could not have hired a better person. I couldn't. Uh, she fit right in. The, um, my first phone call with her. I mean, we talked for two hours and I, I'm pretty sure she pulled out a happy Gilmore quote like five minutes into the conversation, which and I'm like, yeah, that's that's a bold move. And I like that. I like the happy Gilmore quote. That's good. And so um, so we uh, straight away was great. We had, we hit it off on the offensive side and I feel very comfortable with her. Like, you know, I, when, when I have to be away now, because of what I have found out being a head coach, like there's there's a lot of meetings involved of being a head coach. And so, you know, I don't get to hang out in the cages all day like I used to um, when, you know, I was a hitting coach. Because My days used to consist of hitting, hanging out in the cages and going, all right, we'll see you guys later. Have a great day. You know, and now it's changed a little bit. But, you know, she's phenomenal with our, with our, with our, our players. Um, she has a great rapport with them. She's smart. She played in the pro league. She gets it at a high level, played at Michigan. So she's got a great pedigree behind her. Um, and so, and then, you know, the rest of the staff, you know, um, Morgan Claveman, who are, who's our volunteer, um, you know, again, Morgan played for us at, at Florida state. Morgan was actually part of my first recruits, uh, at Florida state, uh, from Refugio, Texas. And so I've always had a good bond with her and, you know, especially for us to share the national championship you know, together and, 
you know, she wanted to start coaching softball. Um, you know, she went to architecture school and then went to vet school. So she's a smarty on the staff. Uh, and then, you know, then she wanted to start, and then she has so passion, just can't get away from the game and, and want to do softball. So I say she's smart. Maybe she's not actually now that I say that loud. I'm kidding. But no, so she's been a great addition. She's got great energy, um, loves the game, loves coaching. And so great addition. And then, you know, lastly, you know, Pete Suarez, you know, Pete um, started his career with us at Florida State as a manager um, and then coached a little bit at Stephen F. Austin, then was the opposite, uh, Iowa State. And then, his, his last stop was at A&M when I was there. He was our director of player development, which was a cool position because, you know, softball hadn't had that yet as a full-time paid position. And for us to get to do that, for Pete to be kind of the pioneer, that was really cool. And um, when the transition happened, I was like, Pete, I'd, I'd love to have you here. You know, I said, you bring great value. And you obviously know me and you're a dear friend. And, you know, I, I trust you. So I, I would love to have you in, in our corner. And it, for Pete, he said, it was a no-brainer. Let's do this. And so... It's, it's like we've got a bunch of best friends just hanging out now, <laughs> but coaching the game and, and making our players better. So, but again, I, I, I love that piece of it though, because our, our players feel that they feel that camaraderie and they feel that energy that we bring to the table every day. And you spoke a lot, of, a lot about culture and the players and uh, how important it was it for you knowing the Texas landscape, knowing that whole club circuit, because it's, you know, its own little bubble in itself. And how important is it for you to go into Texas Tech and really already have those relationships formed? Oh, it was huge. I mean, you know, the as, as we're learning everything as a staff and as, as a program and learning how to do everything, the one thing that didn't change for me was the recruiting connections, you know, in-state. And that was really good because I had, I had coaches straight away reaching out that, you know, have players that want to go to Texas Tech or have, you know, and that that was really a big deal. Um, you know, and I just I, I, having that having that in my back pocket was huge. And then I guess I mean, there's some great softball in the, in the state of Texas, you know, and the thing about Texas kids is they love to stay in Texas. And, you know, for me, living in Lubbock now, there's not a more Texas place than Lubbock, Texas. It is Texas. You have Texas and then there's Texas and that is that is Lubbock and you know and I I think when 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 recruits come out here they they feel that and they see that and they feel how special this place is I mean I I don't think I've met one person that came to this university that did not love and just bleed red and black when they left and just Raider power the whole way I mean it's it's been incredible the more people you meet that went to Texas sector like oh I love that place I'd go back in a heartbeat and it's a town of 300,000 people I mean you wouldn't think that you know, because I thought Lubbock, that's in the little nowhere. Well, yeah, it may be far out, but it is a big town. It's a city. I mean, it's 300,000 people and with a lot of great things and restaurants and very eclectic and it's, it's a special place. So, but yes, to say that, to go back to, it, I mean, having, having those connections in the travel ball on uh, the club ball circuit, even in the high school circuit for us, you know, I, that was, that was big. And so, um, and we're already starting to see that the fruits of those labor pay off for us right now. So that's exciting. Craig, give us some of your own athletic background. What did you do in high school? How did you kind of get into sports, your path here? Yeah, well, I wouldn't call it athletic. You know, I, I played sports. I was <laughs> – um, so I, I, play, I played baseball and, and uh, football in, in high school. And so, again, I wouldn't say that I was, you know, some legit athlete by any means. Um, but I enjoyed the games, you know. I loved it. I, I, had, a, I had a phenomenal baseball coaches in the Hall of Fame. Uh, in, in in Kentucky, Greg Shelton, you know, and he taught me a lot. He taught me a lot about the game. He taught me a lot about hitting, and I learned I learned a lot from him. And um, 
you know, I was actually going to go kind of play some baseball in an NAI program in Kentucky, Lindsey Wilson College. And um, and so I was excited about that, going to get an opportunity to play in college. Again, I'm going to preface this by saying I wasn't very good. You know, I was just okay. And um, But I, playing football, I injured my shoulder, had to have a big surgery, all the things. And, you know, that didn't, that didn't end my baseball career. Trust me, it was probably going to end before that anyways. But um, I still went to Lindsey Wilson, and they gave me an opportunity um, to uh, have a work study program, so I could. I, I most of my scholarship was academic, um, surprisingly enough, and and then the other part was you know you, you could do a work study, you'll pay pay the rest of it, and so um, they gave me an option of women's basketball and women's softball, and you got to think in 2001 in Kentucky what soft the softball landscape looked like. You know we played on a church rec field and we drug the field with a Jeep Cherokee and a piece of fence, and um, and that was my job. I would, I would take care of the field, and then I would put the balls in the, the jugs machine every day at practice, and that's what I did. And, you know, I, I developed a great relationship with uh, Tom Optenbrow, who was the head coach at the time. And, um, and then halfway through the fall, his assistant left, and he goes, hey, do you want to be my hitting coach? I'd love to have you. I'm like, I'm 18 years old. I don't know. Sure, why not? You know, and so – so I spent two years there working with the hitters at Lindsey Wilson. Um, and then, you know, like that's when it's kind of started hitting me like, Hey, this is a, this is a, this is a fun crime. I love what I'm doing right now. Like I love this. And I, and I, and I had never really, you know, thought that I'd be coaching collegiate softball. And like, I, that, that was never, I didn't dream of that growing up. I mean, I grew up on a farm and, you know, by all means, I was probably going back to the farm at some point, you know, and then my path led me somewhere different and, so it was two years at Lindsey Wilson, and then Mark Montgomery called me, who was at Centenary College at the time, a Division One school, and he said, uh, you know, I'd love for you to come down and be a student assistant, um, work with our hitters and learn and grow. And, like, yeah, you know, gave me some money to pay for school, and so I did that. And so we, I went to Centenary and, you know, and finished my undergraduate degree. And, you know, we luckily enough went to postseason two years in a row, so got to go to regionals. And the first year we went to regionals was the last year. It was the eight-team regional. So now I'm kind of dating myself, I guess, by saying that. But, um, you know, we went to Tucson, Arizona, you know, and went out there and had eight teams out there. And it was like us and ULL and Oklahoma and South Carolina. I mean, you look back, like, woof, that's a regional, golly. Um, and then the second year we went to Texas A&M, their regional. So I spent two years there and then, of course, to Oklahoma. And uh, then nine years at Florida State and, Two and a half, I guess you count the COVID, two and a half, uh, Texas A&M, and now here we are. So 22 years later, still coaching college softball. Who knew? Still dragging the field of the Jeep Cherokee. Now, I doubt that's happening now. They got all these <laughs> people. That's, um, that's amazing. That's a great story. Um, yeah, it was, it's, just, it's so cool to see how far softball's come, you know, and it's so, and it's so cool to see that that our state of Kentucky has grown so much in softball as well. I mean, you're getting phenomenal athletes now that are going to big time programs from the state of Kentucky. And then I can remember when, I mean, when I was there, I think Kentucky softball was eight years old, maybe in high school. I mean, it wasn't old at all. And so to see it now is it's pretty cool. And to know that, you know, we'd always go back and do a camp every year with Vernon Bibb at blue chip uh, fast pitch. And I think we did it for 17 years straight and just trying to grow the game in the state. And honestly, I don't know. I'll look back at those and kind of get nostalgic about it because it was, that was fun, you know, and to think that maybe we had a little bit of a hand to help grow in the game in that state was pretty neat. All right. Well, we don't want, we know you probably have tons of stuff to do, but let's, let's kind of end on these two things. Uh, first, you know, the question I ask every Texas tech coach, 
any plans to have a burger named after you yet? Are those in the works? Are you having Red Raider meat? Get on it. I mean, is that something you're you're doing right now? Workshopping? Listen, it's done. It's it's done. It's 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 already been through production, and it is it is to the public now. And by all accounts, seems like they're selling more of the Snyder slider than any of them right now. I'm just saying. Wow. So okay, give what's on it. What's on the Snyder? What can we do? On it. First of all, like, nobody told me about this until like one of my players, Ellie Bailey, she works at Red Raider Meats in the summer and she goes, coach, are you going to name your burger? I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, you she, don't read D1 softball. We did a whole story on this last I, year. I, I missed it. I had no idea. And so I'm like, wait, what? And then the, the, they reached out. And so, so the Snyder slider, um, it consists of a double patty, uh, Swiss mushrooms, some spicy yeah. mustard and ketchup, and a little bit of bacon, um, and on, on a bun. So, and it is, I will say, it's pretty good. It's pretty. That's I've probably had too many of those to be honest. Uh, I probably should take, should knock back a few Snyder sliders, but they're worth it. So, when you guys are in Lubbock, you got to have one of those. That you got the right mix of like you know, high class kind of like you know regular people stuff. You got both on there with the Swiss and the mushrooms. That's yeah. bacon. I, I was sold on the bacon. Yeah. I, I'm all for the bacon. And the yeah, red red like meat bacon is definitely the second to none. Oh, it's the best. And it's like a hickory smoked bacon too. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's phenomenal. So yeah, it's got a little bit of everything, you know. We're it's an all-inclusive burger. It's got everything. Class, low class, good at all. <laughs> Farm boy, high class. Yeah, you got everything That's mixed in. We got awesome. and we got and it's and the, the best part about it, it's fat free and no calories. So you can eat. Oh, there it. you go. Yeah, yeah I figured. Yeah. I requested, Everything that. I, re yeah, I requested that, so hopefully that's what the, it is. <laughs> Everything in Texas, right? Everything. <laughs> Everything. Everything in Texas is bigger and doesn't have any calories. Um, last question. If you had to binge watch any show, what are you watching? What, what could you do if you had free time binge watching? What, what would you oh. oh. back with a few beers and just... I, you know, the hard part for me, I, I, I'm not a big TV watcher, but I'm a huge like sport watcher, right? So I watch baseball games and um, I, I will say that I, during COVID, I, I went back and I, I, okay, actually I take that. So baseball, football, watching the whole thing, right? But the reruns of The Office, I'm going to watch that over and over and over again. And then they never get old. I probably watched four times all the way through my favorite wow. how, when did you how did you get on that kick what, what sparked that well when the office first came out i, I, I enjoyed the humor uh c Carell was one of my favorite actors and just the dry humor and it, it, just the mockumentary stuff it's phenomenal and they did such a great job and i actually had watched some of the one that the, the original one office that was made in england and so uh so when this came out I, I watched it and i just fell in love with it i mean just such good characters i mean you can't go wrong with jim pam and dwight and yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I uh, I was actually just in Scranton area. My dad grew up like 20 minutes away. So I'm like, dad, we got to go down. My dad has no idea. He is not like he just doesn't watch anything. So he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like the office. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he grew up like 10 minutes away. So he's a farm boy, too. So, That's um, awesome. So you didn't get to go see Dunder Mifflin then? No, he didn't. Want to, my, my dad had the travel plans like I was on his time. So um, we did tour and drums. But him being a, him being, him being a uh, you know a farm boy could take him to Dwight's beet farm, you know. That's what he I should have mentioned. That's that. what he exists. I don't know. I it's don't a good know. question. Somebody yeah. should do that. 
Found that out. We had my cousin take us on the tour of their farm again and show us his new truck and in his, he's got a whole, like he's got his own trucking company and in his barn, he's got a whole, like two things of gas. So he gasses up his own truck and is in his barn. I was like, dude, oh, this wow. guy is next level. So yeah, it's, that was the exciting part of my trip. I love it. I'm a, I'm a huge, I like farm person. So yeah, um, that's but, awesome. Well, that's great. Well, we'll let you go. I know there's a few uh, MLB playoff games. I'm sure you're hand hunkering to, to watch these next few days. So um, but we definitely want to be back on during the season. If you would, if you have time to join us, that would be great. I'm always happy to join. You guys do such a great job and appreciate you guys inviting me and spending time today. Well, thank you so much. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. All right. Thank you. All. We'll talk soon. Craig Snyder, Texas Tech. I think Rhea and I are going to have to do a road trip and we're going to have to have one of those uh, Snyder sliders. Definitely. I mean, that's just, we have to do our work as it wouldn't be good reporters if we didn't have accurate information on exactly taste testing. So I'm um, going to have to find, uh, find some time to get down there to Lubbock, which I love. I mean, when Marcia Sharp had that women's basketball program going, that was one of my favorites to get to. So I'm always game for a trip to Lubbock. Looks like we'll be going to Lubbock next year. I don't know when, but uh, stay tuned for that because uh, that will be a fun one. I mean, Swiss mushroom bacon, you know, spicy sauce. I mean, I, I don't know. We're, we're going to have to test this out. He's got it all covered, man. He, I, I, again, I thought he was right spot on. Sometimes you overdo these things and you try to put everything on. I think he's got just the right mix of everything. So yeah, if you're down there, Red Raider meats. I mean, I, we did something last year. Like, that legit, I mean, they've got this huge like meat program there that is just like a juggernaut. Like they win all these competitions. It's, it's legit. So if you're in the meat judging and everything, Texas Tech is the place for you. They have a, a you know, domination of the competition. Oh, I love it. Well, that was Craig Sander. We didn't even get into hitting, but we're going to just do another podcast with that because you and I both know Reed. He's coached some of the best offensive uh, minded players uh, in the country uh, throughout his various uh, stops throughout, uh, you know, his various assistant coaching jobs. But excited to see what he does at the helm uh, as in his first head coaching gig. So that's Craig Snyder. Uh, that's it for the D1 softball podcast. Like, subscribe, head on over to the site uh, and let us know what you think. If you have any questions, you can email info at d1football.com and we'll get back to you. Any final thoughts? No, um, just we keep cranking out these fall reports and I'm learning something every day with them between, you know, all we're, we're going through every single program. So any fan of any team out there, you're going to eventually find your team on there. So, um, and again, I've just found them fascinating. So I'm hoping everyone's liking them. And if, uh, if you want to read about someone in particular, let us know as well. We'll just try to get around to it. Um, we're trying to crank out as many as we can, as fast as we can. All right. Well, Sarah Henry for Ran and Pocky, that's it for the D1 softball podcast. We'll see you all next week.